This is episode 17 of the Bi Urban Yogi featuring Connor Lennox. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a Kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free flowing conversation exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. This episode of the Bi Urban Yogi is sponsored by Domacha Matcha. This is an amazing matcha product. It's cultivated, harvested, and processed very carefully every step of the way, keeping the matcha fresh and rich in flavor and nutrients. For those of you who don't know what matcha is, it's basically the ground up green tea leaf. So if you like green tea, you are going to love matcha. If you like coffee, you're probably going to love matcha even more. It's basically like coffee in the sense that it's got a little caffeine, but it's also got something called L-theanine, which is a compound that in the tea leaf that helps to calm the mind and bring the mind into a place of meditative awareness. It is fresh and full of nutrients, it's smooth and it's got a sweet flavor. It's nutrient protected, meaning the maximum protection of the nutrients is guaranteed with the dough matcha. Not just any matcha, you gotta make sure you get dough matcha. You can get it from almost any grocery store uh, that I've seen, uh, such as Whole Foods or Urban Fair. Uh, it's guaranteed with dough matcha, the nutrient protection, because the slow grinding of the leaves between the traditional granite stones breaks the fiber naturally without overheating and burning the powder. It's packaged properly, it's pure, clean, and additive free. Just share with you a little bit of the history of organic dough matcha. It's produced in Uji, Kyoto in Japan, where matcha originated over 800 years ago. The wholesaler was a leader in the cultivation and production of the first ever certified organic matcha. The history of the organic dough matcha began in 1970, when one of Mr. Hota's growers was determined to cultivate organic green tea. This endeavor was unprecedented and faced intense industry skepticism. They were able to overturn, however, the conventional wisdom of the Japanese green tea industry. Finally, in 1998, after 28 years, they received approval for the first ever JONA certified organic green tea. Today, it is still difficult to produce organic matcha, and only a very small percentage of Japan's matcha industry is given over to certified organic fields. The famous Uji region, where matcha originated, is the most productive. Uji offers a very uniquely flavored matcha due to the ideal tea-producing weather and geographical conditions. The tea fields sit on gentle hills atop well-drained soil in a climate of cool, foggy mornings, warm sunshine, and cool, foggy evenings, surrounded by an abundance of water and forest. Why organic? Well, no chemical fertilizers, herbicides, or pesticides are going to be in your domacha. They use natural fertilizers such as chitin and titosan. The tea fields are surrounded by trees and bush to protect the fields from environmental contaminants. Each batch is tested for chemical and bacterial residue. Sensory testing, color and tone testing, and nutritional ingredient analysis are also performed on every single batch of your domacha. 40 years of commitment to bringing quality green tea and matcha to the marketplace is one of the main reasons that Andrews and George Co. Limited, they're the company that uh, creates this beautiful product, can confidently offer certified organic matcha to the North American market. I hope you enjoy your matcha. Check out Dough Matcha on Instagram or go to doughmatcha.com. That's spelled D-O-M-A-T-C-H-A.com. 
And now for the episode. Connor Lennox is a graduate of the Capilano University Business Administration Program. Currently, he's employed as a personal trainer at Hollyburn Country Club and Synthesis Training. He's held this position for several years now and enjoys living a healthy lifestyle and working with others to help them achieve their fitness and nutritional goals. He recently launched Find One Reason, that's F-O-R, for apparel, with his business partners. It's been an exciting experience for him, combining his loves for nutrition, fashion, and fitness. I hope you enjoy my interview with Connor Lennox. Okay, so I'm with, with Connor Lennox, and I'm standing on an uh, acupressure mat, and it kind of reminds me of being like at the beach and stepping over really intense stones and rocks and stuff. What's the benefit of this, Connor? So it's a friend's product. It's called the Aku Mat. It sounds like we're starting off with a plug Yeah, here. it's good. Why not? <laughs> promote your friends. So it's called it's the Aku Mat. It's a friend named Paul DeJersey's product. Oh, it's Paul, out of Ukraine. Colin DeJersey's younger brother? That's the one. Oh, sweet. Um, so essentially... Colin's going to be on this podcast in two weeks. Well, I'm sure he can Yay. give you the real deal when he gets on here. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the quick synopsis because mm-hmm. I think they gave me the quick rundown as well. Cool. So circulation, blood flow to the feet, helps stimulate energy. Mm. Obviously, getting circulation all the way down to the bottom and back up helps circulate mm. blood to the body. Right. Yeah, it feels so it can be very grounding in that sense too. Tremendous. And I get to made with copper and silver, so Holy antibacterial shit. and antifungal. That's fantastic. It's an amazing product. Where can people get these? I think it's acumat.com. Acumat.com. Yeah, they have a very little cool. ball as well over there, sort of yeah. stress release that you squeeze. I know. And now is that made by Acumat Company too? Yeah, I use it every morning when I'm like Holy preparing shit. for the day, sitting there right, making notes or whatever you're doing. Squeeze it. It away looks like account. a little porcupine, <laughs> and so you put it in your hand and then you squeeze. It? Yeah, we'll give it a rip after. Okay, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna get off this and sit on your nice couch now. I'm impressed. <laughs> Most people can't stand on it for more than a few seconds. Really? Oh, yeah. thank you. I just got back from a silent retreat on Demon Island, and nice. we were um, just sort of doing these walking meditations for hours at a time. And I was like, I'm just gonna do it barefoot to to ground. But there were like a lot of pebbles and rocks and rough things, so maybe that's what helped roughing my feet up a little bit. We quickly find yeah. out how soft our feet are from I being know. in shoes all day long. I listened to a podcast from Daniel Vitalis. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. But he, yeah, he talks about rewilding. And he was saying that, like, we're kind of like the, um, the I would say chinchillas. We're like the um, chihuahuas of the human species in terms of, like, our development. And that because we've been so, you know, um, like, we just live in these little bubbles. And I think he calls it, like... Um, rectangular or box living like just go from one box to another box you go from work to home your car it's all these little boxes so we're kind of like feeble compared to how our ancestors maybe were it's true we've certainly evolved into an interesting species (laughs) hey and you look at like well even what we're recording on now plays a big role in it the technology Mm. component right we don't have to be as close to everybody around us as we used to we can go from box to box like you alluded to without even really making a face-to-face meeting at any point yeah yeah it's crazy I notice like little kids, they'll have their like eyes glued to their, their screens and their iPads. And one of my students said that when her little daughter gets upset at the mom, she, the mom, she goes, I'm just going to cross you like you do on like a screen. Oh, I'm crossing no. you out. Oh, no. <laughs> it's begun already. It's begun. Yeah. So I, there's definitely pros and cons. <laughs> To technology. It's but, so um, funny. You see families yeah. out and about eating and just the, everyone's buried in the phone on at the phone. table. Yeah. Do you have any like techniques to like counter that? Like if you, or if you like, if you're with somebody, you notice them doing that, do you say anything or? Uh, I, I guess if it would get, if it became, I don't know, 
invasive to overbearing, the conversation yeah. and overbearing, I think I would say something. But yeah. I don't have too many rules with regards to technology. Mm -hmm. Just when I'm at home, I keep it fixed and plugged in in one location. That's I try smart. not to keep it on body because then I find I'm just pulling it out and sending texts because at any time people are messaging, right? That's good. Yeah, don't keep it on your person. Yeah, I think I, I can't remember. I picked up that tip from somebody. So I just keep it plugged in at all times. So when you want to text or whatever, you have to get up to actually do it. To actually go over it. Let's the mind unwind after the day because you're usually on this thing all day long doing work or whatever. Oh, that's so, so smart. Just make sure that's on right. That should be fine. Perfect. Um, okay, so I have a few questions for you, Connor. Um, so have you always been, like, I wanted to sort of focus on mindful eating. What, like, have you always been mindful about what you put into your body, or was there, like, a certain time in your life where you're like, oh, like, I was eating McDonald's, and I don't feel good, and now I'm going to change, or have you always been quite a healthy eater? No, like, I was not always a healthy eater. Like growing up, I would eat anything and everything. Really? Like, oh, I had, I had no idea what it meant to eat healthy growing up. Wow. Like, I came from a family where we thought we were eating healthy, mm. right? A carb-rich diet, a lot of processed things, but under the guise of eating healthy, because at that age, like, you didn't have the exposure to the information. No. I definitely didn't have the internet at that age to look things up, so yeah. I, I, was, I was just following what my parents did, and I was not that healthy when I look back at it. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I spent was probably... Sort of like a lot of, like pre-made meals from Costco, like that's kind yeah, of things like that. Like, like, lasagna yeah, things like that, stuff. just like frozen quick foods because we M &M were always so shops. busy, right? Like I played every sport you could growing up. Yeah, I, Hockey ended up being the one that took up the most time. And yeah. it just, I, think, I look back and think as a parent, like everything you have to do and then getting in the car and running your kid to hockey, yeah. right? So the time constraints and more than anything, I think just the lack of information. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing, even when I was working out, attempting to be healthy. Yeah. I didn't. Even, I had no clue what I was doing. You had no idea. Um, so, what prompted the shift from going from like being unhealthy to more healthy eater? I think when I started to take sports more seriously, hockey more serious, I started to research. Um, the internet information became more prevalent at that time. Mm -hmm. You touch on nutrition in high school, but you don't learn anything. At least where I came from, you don't learn anything that's valuable moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I think through hockey, sports, and just growing up, like, I was the chubbiest little kid. It you were a fat so, little kid? Oh, I was the cutest fat little kid. It was oh, so funny. Muffin. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I remember, I have this memory of my brother, like, <laughs> this is so funny. I have this memory of being, like, oh, gosh, I must have been, like, seven, eight years old. And my brother was, like, poking me, like, poking fun of me because, like, I was a little chubbier. Uh -huh. And I made a comment, like, joking around that it's baby fat. And he said something back to me like, yeah, you're way too old for it to be baby fat. And that comment, I'll never forget. It was just like, uh -huh. it like lit a fire under my ass. Yeah. It was so funny because we were always like good natured to each other. Mm -hmm. But it's funny how things like that, like you remember in your life, especially when you weren't as in shape before. Right. Yeah. yeah my thing, I used to be a little fat choir boy. Oh, yeah. And I used to really like to have the frozen pre-made um, Stouffer's macaroni and cheeses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was always eating that. It's just a lot of sodium, a lot of processed cheese. Yeah. So it really went to the love handles in the face. Yeah, the, uh, me as well, yeah. Knowing the, the, the ingredient list is about a mile long, right? It's crazy, all those be. words you can't pronounce. It's whatever, like today looking back, and I still see people in my life that eat like that the way I used to. And it's hard not to like, like just grab them and be like, don't do it. What are you doing? Well, the, but, the, the saddest thing is you can make shit like that pretty quickly that has like pure ingredients in it. And, and, people, and it tastes even better. And at the same time, like people think they're being healthy. Like still, there's a, such a large Because they got it from Whole Foods. 
Mm-hmm. It's like I got this pie from Whole Foods, so it's healthy. It's like That's the ingredients it, right? is like filled with canola oil and like exactly. And like yeah. in restaurants, you go out and you eat like most of the times they're using those canola oils, those mm-hmm. type of things because it costs. Even at the NOM, right? I shouldn't bash the NOM, but I'm not going to bash them. I'm just going to tell the truth. They they are a beautiful vegetarian restaurant, but they cook all their food in vegetable oil. Yeah, but it's just it's cost of ingredients. Like everything yeah, is, in is this expensive. city, like we're in a bit of a bubble here. Yeah. I feel like this is one of the places where health and wellness is at the forefront of a lot of people's agenda. Mm-hmm. I think you go to many other places and it's not very much not the same. Right. So I think like there are many restaurants that are making the shift that are offering healthier options. Mm-hmm. But it's, you're right, it's hard to find a place that's committed to down mm-hmm. to the olive oils, to yeah. the avocado oils. That's and I will give them credit. I, I did ask them, I said, oh, geez, like, could you could you make my potatoes in, in olive oil? And I said, okay, yeah, we can do it for you. Well, there you which go. was really sweet of them. Yeah, that's perfect um, then. That's and then what I was, you want. Yeah, and I was noticing at like Third Beach, they've shifted from having like deep fried everything at the Third Beach Cafe mm-hmm. in Stanley Park to like kombucha and like wild salmon burgers. So it seems like whoever's taken over the public park cafes, cafeterias has, is doing a pretty good job. That's awesome. It's no, you nice can, to see that. You can see the sociocultural shift everywhere. Like I love Beautiful up there. It's, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> I love Beautiful as well. Yeah, the place is amazing. It so essentially, so nice. back to your original question, mm-hmm. I, the main pivot point for me was getting more serious in hockey, researching, kind of taking the steps to educate myself in that regard. But still, I was one foot in, one foot out. Mm -hmm. Until when I was, I guess, 19, 19, 20, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. She was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer, Mm. which was just like the most shocking thing in the world. It came out of absolutely nowhere. Mm. And after seeing what she went through, after that day and like that time, I have been like regimented towards eating healthy, taking care of myself, and doing everything I can to treat my body with respect, essentially. That's really good. Respecting yourself, loving yourself, having fun with yourself so that you can love, respect, and have fun with the world and other people. Definitely, definitely. I think the food you intake, the way your, your outlook on life, like these things, they all play such a role in how your life plays out. Mm-hmm. If you're positive, if you enjoy the ride, you treat yourself with respect, like can be a really really fun enjoyable experience yes that's awesome what do you do one of my questions was like when you go to like say like a restaurant like a mainstream restaurant with friends and there's like a lot of maybe not the healthiest things on the menu what do you do like how do you order food when you're at a restaurant or do you have like an 80 20 rule where you do have like crap less less healthy food crappy food sometimes <laughs> so <laughs> when i first started i was like all in like when my mom my mom passed away in 2013, sorry, and after that, like as I said, I was all in. And I think I went a little bit too far all in, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I was so focused on healthy eating that I let it like get in the way of fun dinners and things like that because I was mm-hmm. counting macros. I was so intent on everything being perfect. Like I skipped out on some opportunities that looking back, it's like, what was the point, right? Right. So now I don't even think I apply 80-20. I've tried everything from keto um, to intermittent fasting to just about like everything you can. Um, and I, right now I find just listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you need to do at the end of the day. That's like awesome. I found that I can deviate slightly, but I always know when to come back and when to continue to eat healthy. So yeah. if I go to a restaurant, I will go for the healthiest option. But if the time comes that we're sharing plates, it is what it is. Right. You're not militant about it. Yes, and that was an evolution for me. Cool. Yeah. That makes sense. 
yeah, you can't, like, I've got certain friends who are, like, militantly vegan, or even friends who are, like, militantly gay. And, yep. And they're like, oh, my God, I would never eat pussy. That's <laughs> disgusting. I'm like, why would you never eat pussy? Like, you haven't even tried it. Yeah, you got to give and it a like, shot. Because it comes with breasts. <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with breasts? That's you hilarious. You kiss them, and they're cute. People can get so regimented and mm-hmm. interested and solely focused on one thing. Yeah, in, mm-hmm. in, in everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of learning that, too, is just be a little bit more fluid and... And, um, and also taking the time to know what the best choice for my body is, food-wise, who to hang out with, what to do next, etc. Do you have any sort of meditation practice that you employ? Uh, yes. In the mornings, I started out doing it on my own, practicing things like box breathing and those type of techniques. Oh, yeah. Now, is that where you like inhale for four, hold for four? Exactly for right. Four? Exactly right. And then I found through guided meditation, like Headspace app and the oh, Calm yeah, that's a good app, one. I find that those, they offer me a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of stress relief in the morning and just different methods to achieve that sort of peacefulness before the, the hectic nice. day gets going. How often do you meditate and for how long? I try to do it every day, but on Saturdays and Sundays, usually something comes up in the morning because mm-hmm. I train early. So I set the alarm 15 minutes early and meditate for at least 10 minutes in the nice. morning. Um, and do you still use the apps or do you do it more um, just setting the alarm and then turning to your breath? Or what's your so technique? I still use the apps. It's a bit of a crutch for me, but I like okay. it a lot. It's become something time. I'm comfortable with. So I think that's why I like to use it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. What about you? I, well, I just finished last night, actually, a mindfulness-based stress reduction training. It was an eight-week course where we did body scans, where we did walking meditations, and um, different types of, like, Vipassana-style Buddhist meditations, where, like, you'd, the primary object to focus would be your navel point, so you'd notice your navel point rise, and you would say in your mind, rising, rising. Notice yourself exhaling, you would say to yourself, falling, falling. You'd do that for maybe five minutes. And then you would allow yourself to incorporate secondary objects of meditation. So, for example, I was meditating on on Demon Island, and a mosquito landed on me. So I was like, oh, sensation, sensation. Then it stuck its pincher into me, and I was like, pain, pain. (laughs) I was trying to follow the method. And then it was like sucking blood out of me, and I was like, discomfort, discomfort. (laughs) And then it flew away, and I was like, relief, relief. And then, then I was like, anger, anger. You're like, he took my blood. And then I was like, then the thought came into my head, but I'm like feeding him. So I was like nurturing, nurturing. And then it was like pride, pride. Full circle. Yeah, and then I came back to my breath. So that's an interesting style of, of meditation where you can label secondary objects. And I find it can be good sometimes if like you wake up in the middle of the night, you want to get back to sleep, you just lie there and then just watch your thoughts and then just label them like hunger, hunger. Horny, horny, whatever. Just, yeah, you just simplify everything, it. right? And then, then you kind of create a certain space between you and then the thought forms, which can be kind of cool and relaxing. Yeah, I like the analogy that the app uses of like the ideas of like cars driving by on the highway mm. and you're standing on the, on the edge watching them pass. You have to be able to watch the cars go by without focusing too intently on any one of them and let them yeah. pass while you're in your own mindset, right? Yeah, that's really Is there a particular form of meditation you find yourself turning to more often? I really like kundalini yoga and the meditations that are part of that. I don't know if you've heard of kundalini yoga. I've never, I've heard, but I've never tried, and it's something oh. you've got to teach me when we're all said okay, and done. Well, let's try it. We can try it right now. Let's How about do it. we, okay, so you do a little invocation. So you just sit and you're, you rub your palms together. And you bring your hands to your heart and gaze at your third eye. 
And to honor the rishis and the yogis and the sages who brought this wisdom to us, you sing Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo three times. And when you sing the ONG sound, you vibrate your pituitary glands. You kind of vibrate your sinuses as you sing it. Let's sing it three times. Inhale. Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo. your breath, squeeze the pelvic floor and the core, pull your chin in, and then you exhale. And then there's one, um, thinking if I should teach you a Kriya or a meditation. I'll teach you a meditation. So this is one, you basically bring your uh, thumb, your right thumb to your right nostril, and you inhale through the left nostril. And then plug the left nostril with your fingers and then exhale out the right. And then inhale through the right. And exhale out the left. Mm, so it's like a U shape, upside down U shape. Inhaling through the left, gazing at your third eye. And exhaling with the right. Imagine there's like a little feather in front of your nose and you want to breathe so slowly and calmly that you don't really ruffle it. you've exhaled out your left nostril, you can bring your hands back down to your knees and just find stillness there. Notice if you feel any change. Awesome. Yeah. Always. So that's alternate nostril breathing. And what is that different from? Well, it's you can see it in Kundalini. Um, I don't know if you heard of Sadhguru. No. He's a, a, a spiritual teacher from, from India who's pretty popular in Vancouver. Um, there's a lot of different lineages that seem to utilize that specific one. It's a pretty popular one. But it's supposed to balance out the both hemispheres of your brain. Awesome. Yeah, so I like that one. Um, yes, okay, so I've noticed in my meditation practice that when I eat certain foods, it seems to facilitate a meditative state. And then when I eat other foods, it seems to pinch off that meditative state. For example, when I eat processed sugar, Right away, my drive to like do things and to really nurture and love myself can go down. Have you noticed that with process, processed sugars? I, I, I think I can agree with that statement. I notice like with processed sugars, I think it makes, it, it does change the way you feel. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I think when you put processed sugars into the diet, it changes the perception because you desire other foods moving forward. Hmm. Like for me, when I start to eat processed sugars, I find myself like craving processed sugars. Hmm. I find it like almost changes my mindset from like a clear state of mind hmm. to almost, almost foggy like an addictive in a sense. state of mind. No, I don't want to say addictive. Because but you're it's looking foggy. for that next hit of sugar. Yeah, or? something along those lines. I hmm. know. Like, when I, whenever I go back to sugar, because I've taken, like, I've tried to take, like, a week off of sugar. It's so hard to Because it's do. in everything. It's in everything. And I just, a mental clarity is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I just find when I'm working, when I'm training, my mental acuity, my ability to, like, cognitive process, everything is just, I'm mentally sharp mm -hmm. when I abstain from sugars. And even the processed carbohydrates at all. Yeah. Because, like, in keto diet, um, like the paleo diet, I notice they don't recommend eating grains. What's your stance on that? Uh, I think that works for some people, but circling back to what you said before, like I think the biggest thing with nutrition is you have to find what works for you. Yeah. You have to experiment on Be yourself. Your own scientist. Try keto. Try intermittent fasting. Try all of these things and figure out what makes you feel the best, right? Mm -hmm. I think self-experimentation when it comes to nutrition is the best form of finding what works for you. That's awesome. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I agree with I support that statement. <laughs> There's um, so many books and resources and it overwhelms people. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this podcast, Connor, is um, you were telling me that you're very mindful about where you get your animal products from. And like you think, like, where was this from? What farm was it from? You know, all these questions. And like you look very, like you look... I can tell that you're mindful, like that your physical manifestation looks like somebody who's very conscious about what they're putting into their bodies. Um, and I just, I'm starting to do that and I'm finding I get a little bit of pushback, sometimes from family members, sometimes from friends, like, why do you care? Like, and I'm like, well, have yeah. you seen Earthlings? I don't know if you've seen Earthlings, but it's a thing, yeah. it's a documentary by Walking Phoenix about animal cruelty. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think we kind of need to care and we kind of need to be a little bit um, anal about what we're putting into our bodies, not only for our own health, but for like the health of the animals and the entire planet. What do you think about that? I agree with you entirely. I think it's such a complex problem that we're facing right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many people to feed and things that people never knew about and deemed acceptable for many years clearly are not the standards that are in place right now. Mm -hmm. so it's not acceptable the way that animals are being treated. But you look at the flip side, it's like what do we do to feed the seven plus billion that are continuing to grow, right? Mm -hmm. I think that we need, everybody needs to be informed of what's going on in these slaughterhouses and these chicken mm. coops and the way that they treat all these things. But it's just such a complex picture with how to sort it out in the long but run. But would you say that like a lot of people in our society are almost like addicted to meat and that they're oh, eating yeah. more meat than needs to be had? And yes, there are seven billion of us, but like, like I was, whenever I go to the States, like invariably, like the level of obesity that I see, it's like, and like I, I would stay throughout my childhood, we'd go to like Disneyland and something, we'd stay at like certain hotels and the, 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 the portions of food that they would serve, I was like, oh my God, we don't need to eat that much food. Like, yeah. And so much of it goes to waste too. Right. That's the crazy part is how much food is thrown out. No, I agree with that statement. And I would just, I would say overeating is one of the biggest problems that there is. Um, whether it's overeating on sugars, processed and refined carbs, even overeating on protein. People that are, mm. that are heavy into weightlifting can consume way more protein than they need. So I think you're right. 
I think the overeating, you look and look at the states as a model for that because they you can poke fun Not at to them bash pretty them, easy. but it was something I did notice. Yeah, me too. When I'm there, I noticed the portion sizes and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's so funny, the culture that we've developed in the West, this mm -hmm. culture of excess and materialism and all these things that mm -hmm. people want more. They mm -hmm. want better. They want the next iPhone. They want the bigger chicken, mm -hmm. turkey at Thanksgiving. Like this culture that we're all wrapped up in, or many people are, it's just, I feel like that's a product of it. They, they mm. pump animals full of antibiotics and steroids and things to make them so big that they can feed and service all of these people that desire the meat. It's like just to feed it's and such, serve our addiction to yeah. eating more meat so than we need to. That's why I say to. it's complex because it's this vicious cycle where it runs right. into the, the very complex of what, who we are. Right. People like more and more and more, especially in the States. Like you look at somebody like you that's so mindful that's broken I'm away from that, right? That's I'm able to look it. at everything that's going on from an outsider's perspective, sort of, and remove yourself and understand mm -hmm. how, how crazy this all is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find sometimes when I get stressed or if I'm not cultivating consistent moments of bliss throughout my day, then I can fall subject to old patternings of eating too much meat or, you know, going on Grindr, or like, you know, just becoming addicted. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Grindr, but anything in excess isn't serving my purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't put on this planet to, like, be glued to an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, you know, nor was I put on this planet to, like, eat meat three times a day, I don't believe. Like, I don't believe, like, our <laughs> hunter-gatherer ancestors had that much meat. They had to fucking work for their meat. I, I agree entirely. And then circling back, I, I couldn't agree more. I think in anything we can get caught up in, like mm -hmm. alluded to cell phones, application, like boyfriends, girlfriends, like right. there's so many addictive things mm -hmm. that I like looking what you're doing with the breathing practice and like I think that plays a huge role in me being able to, if I'm on the phone too long, say, oh, oh I've been on this thing for way too long today, it's time to put it down. Mm -hmm. Like circling back that morning meditation and things is what I think sets the stage for being able to be mindful when you are probably, you're, you're acting in an addictive sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So is there anything, when you're falling into an addictive pattern where you're maybe on the iPhone, you realize that, what are, do you have any tools or techniques for listeners to be able to, or if, say they're like about to have a second helping of meat or something, like, and they know they don't need it. Just like, save that meat, have it for leftovers tomorrow, honey. Like, <laughs> is it, what, what can people do to break the cycle? It's tough. I think rewiring is always a good plan, like trying to replace that with something else. Like when you, when you instead of having that second thing of meat, go do something else that you enjoy doing. Read a book, like mm -hmm. reward yourself in some other capacity. Like mm -hmm. recognize when you're at the point of reaching the point of excess and be able to have the self-discipline, I guess, to mm -hmm. turn away. Mm -hmm. But like we talked about, like self-experimentation and finding that line for you of what makes you feel good, mm -hmm. what you truly need to eat. because. I don't think anybody feels good eating meat three, four times a day like that, right? Yeah. right? Where do you get your meat from? Where do you so, recommend? There's a few different places, but the one that I like the most is called Two Rivers Meats. Oh, my it's, friend Casta just recommended that place to me. It's incredible. It's incredible. And you can get it from um, that little market below Y Yoga in Lynn Valley for people in the North Shore. What's that market called? Oh, there's also there's a physical it. location oh. um, down... It's just down on, it's past West 4th down there. Oh, um, okay. Right, right by Marine Drive. 
And they have and a Two Rivers artists. store? Yeah, it's a butcher shop and a little oh. restaurant in there as well. Oh, good to know. And it's one of the only places you can sort of trace the meat down the whole supply chain. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And what about Pasture to Plate? Have you heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of them as well. Um, nice. I, I like that place as well. I like, uh, there's some that are coming out where you can actually like order off the internet now, which is an interesting really? idea as Do well. Do you know the names of any of those? I'll have to look them up. I heard them on another podcast I was on. But you can order it off the internet and it comes like that, organic. Nice. But again, it's one of those things where you worry about the supply chain, where it's all going, coming from. Cool, cool. Um, and then there was another place, Home on the Range. Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I heard that was a good one. Do you eat meat at all now? I started eating it. I was running a marathon about a year ago um, with my family, and I was vegetarian, and I had this massive long beard. And um, oh, I remember. Of, remember that? I remember, yeah. It was, like, super big, and I just was, like, getting totally emaciated. And my, my friend um, who's in the fashion industry, she, she's on, on CTV as a fashion correspondent, and she, she came back for Christmas, and she looked at me, and she's like, you look like fucking Tom Hanks in Castaway. You look like you've been like lost in the forest for weeks and you've just been eating BC blueberry, forest berries, wild berries, and that's it. Like it looks like there's fucking birds growing in your beard. She's like, you need to like change this up. And she, I was like, I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, how fast did you yeah. cut it off? I cut it off within a few. Well, first I trimmed it down so it was like a, design, a, meter in the a middle. designer beard. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to shave it off and. Um, it must I have do. Been a project getting rid it was of that. a project. I do miss it. Like I, in, in Kundalini Yoga, they say like a man's beard is kind of like your lion's mane, and it, it's like your antenna, it kind of is an extension of your nervous system, and it can help you be more perceptive. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know I have very thick follicles, so it, it doesn't feel good for me to always have a completely clean shaven face, just because my follicles are so thick and I get ingrown. So I know that I'm meant to have a little bit of something, something, but um, it was kind of getting in the way. But the, the combination of having this long beard and just being like totally emaciated and like running this marathon, I was like, I do not feel balanced right now. Did you run the, the marathon? I ran with the marathon. The no, the I shaved it off a few days before. <laughs> I think it helped me with my time. Yeah, like a, little, like a little less everywhere. wind resistance as you're going like through. Like bird eggs dropping out of it. More aerodynamic. Yeah, so um, I found that um, once I started incorporating a little bit of meat, after that, like, I felt better, and, like, I went from being, like, 137 pounds to, like, my normal, which is, like, 150 pounds. Okay. Um, so. And what are your goals currently? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to achieve? Uh, Fitness-wise? Yeah. I think that I just like the idea of having, like, <laughs> I basically want your body. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to work. Honor, Let's, go to work. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Take many years of trial and error, that's for sure, and yeah. we're still not done yet. Really? Not even close. What would you, like, do you do yoga, or do you, are you mostly calisthenics? Um, I, everything, like, from gymnastics, calisthenics. I, I do my own yoga. I used to practice um, down with Jeff Grace. Nice. I used to enjoy that a lot. Um, but I do my own yoga. But my whole thing was I incorporate yoga principles into the warm-up nice. and into the cool-down. Cool. Like, wherever I feel tight, I've been doing a consistent routine for so long that mm -hmm. I just wake up in the morning and I can identify what area needs work that day. Nice. So I think same thing with the gym as with uh, nutrition. It's all trial and error and yes. experimenting in there. Yeah. You got to throw yourself to the fire and yeah. see what no, works And I, I feel good. Like, I like my body and 
I was with this girl that I'm kind of seeing yesterday, and we were at Rec Beach. She's like, I'm so attracted to your body. And I was like, no, I'm There saying, we go. There we go. Too. Sad. Nothing needs to be so, done. Yeah, here. no. I think just a little bit of toning in the core area. Just a little. There's a little sort of something, something hanging on there. A little sort of yeah. mini little bit of fat. But, it, you know, you need a little bit. Um, so the hardest is, part to get used to. The body doesn't want to get rid of yeah, that. Yeah, no. Is there anything that you... Let's see your abs. <laughs> I, I should start filming my podcasts. I was going to say, well, that's the next, the next. We'll show a picture. On, oh, that's very nice. Can I take a picture of that? <laughs> Not right now. No? Okay. <laughs> Not right now. Afterwards, perhaps. Afterwards. Or you can Afterwards, even give me, perhaps. you can send me a picture of you because I saw you have some shirtless photos um, Possibly. on your Instagram. We'll, and then we'll we see. We'll see what happens. Use that to, because I usually get a picture of the guest plus the bio. You want a shameless shirtless photo yeah. <laughs> put up there? <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do for you. Episode I'm see like I'm different. 15. Like I'm not the type of guy that would like. I don't like to wear the like tight shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. I do it because like I like doing it. Like it's yeah. going to the gym. I'm with Blackie to be able to wake up and like I. When you train, some people they have this like love hate relationship with the gym. For me, like it's all love. Yes. Like. I, to be able That's to get up. That's how I feel up. about Kundalini yoga. Like, I look yeah. forward to practicing it. Yeah, it's to be able to get up every day and go in there and do something new, push yourself. And, like, it's, it's so much fun to be able to challenge yes. yourself in that regard in every type of way, like you talked about. But now you said you used to be a chubby kid. Oh, yeah. What was the point where you started to enjoy it? That's a good question because I certainly didn't enjoy it in the Because I think that's stages. what people, because let's face it, most people in our society are going to listen to this and be like, Okay, but how do I get to that place where I start to enjoy it? Okay, I would say educate yourself first. I spent many years making every mistake that there is. Too much protein consumption, too little. Overtraining, undertraining. <laughs> like lifting heavy weights for the wrong rep ranges, inconsistent workout routines, not having a long-term plan. Like I made every single mistake that I could, and from that I learned. So I would say first off, with the gym, have a plan. Know What's what you plan? want to achieve. My plan right now, I'm working on calisthenics and mobility. Cool. Um, there's a few guys, there's a Hunter Fitness, a guy on Instagram and YouTube that has the ability to control his body in the most incredibly strenuous ranges of motion. So mm. I emulate a lot of the movements he does, and I'm mostly body weight movement now, trying to control myself and compromise positions and building strength in the posterior chain. Just nice. through mainly body weight and explosive movements. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. But circling back, just have a plan. Go in there and enjoy mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. like, everybody's so, should I do this workout program? Should I do this workout program? Just start. start. Just start exercising. Find something. And if you stay consistent with it, like, just about everything will work as long as it's done in a safe manner. Right. right? Where can people train with you? I know you teach uh, up at Hollyburn with me. Like if somebody wanted to work with you. So I have a website. It's synthesistraining.ca. Um, nice. You can also reach me through email as well. Uh, my Instagram is Connor Lennox, C-N-R-L-N-X. I'll put all this in the show notes. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Awesome. I just want to see what my other question is. Oh. No problem at all. So are, what foods would you recommend to really be mindful to incorporate into your diet when you're uh, wanting to create lean musculature and you know a, a powerful physique, and then foods to avoid? I would say when, when you're looking at food, judge it off of nutrient density. So mm -hmm. where does the food come from first? Like, does it come from the ground? Is it human engineered? Like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. 
Stay away from foods that are processed and choose mm -hmm. the ones that are the most nutrient dense. Generally foods that come from the earth that are natural and more organic are the ones that I will always go for. Nice. For me right now, bone broth actually oh, yeah, bone broth. plays a huge role in what I'm trying to achieve. I start just about every day with that after fasting for 16 hours. Nice. I bone broth around 12 noon. Um, and then that sort of sets the tone for everything to come for the day. And then I have my first real meal around 1.30, 2 o'clock, depending on scheduling. Wow. So walk there. me through like your average day of food. So you get up. Do you have water in the morning? Yeah, get up. I, the body's so dehydrated when you get up. Mm -hmm. The first thing I do is have a nice room temperature glass of water. Nice. Depending on how hard I've trained the day before, sometimes I'll mineralize it with sea salt. Um, and a little bit of lemon is there, uh, lemon in there as well. Nice. Um, depending on what I did the day before training-wise. Uh -huh. Other than that, it's every day is a little different. I have a lot of nuts in the diet, a lot of lean meat, a lot of veggies as well. Nice. I like to make smoothies as much do as I can. Do you do much grain? Uh, I try to stay away from grain as much as I possibly can. Um, is that because it's like so riddled with pesticides in, in North America? Definitely, definitely. Uh -huh. And I think it's just hard on the stomach in general. Yeah. Like I think a lot of processed grains are really hard on the stomach. And I've had stomach issues in the past where I've been really, really ill and really sick. Um, mm -hmm. Back before when I wasn't eating as healthy, I had just like issues with stomach pains and things like that. And yeah. since adding probiotics, kimchi, these type of things into the diet, it's everything. It's really helped you. Yeah, I feel amazing. Yeah, it's funny. Like, yeah, I think we're just experiencing a social shift from like pills and procedures to it's like, wait, there might be other ways that we could sort of mitigate um, these intense pills and procedures that have these side effects just by having good daily habits that keep us in our highest. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's almost like we're waking up as a species from being limited to our five senses to becoming these like multi-sensory beings. That's absolutely right. Like if these pills and things, they treat the symptoms. They're just a band-aid on the wound, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what that I found out when my in some mom, cases, yeah, but... When my mom was sick, that's what I found out firsthand is that like the pills and all of these things, they're just meant to deal with the symptoms. And they, there is a time and place when, when we do need medication. Mm -hmm. But many of the things we take... It wouldn't be necessary if we actually took care of ourselves at the root, right. which is what you put into your body. It's the amount of time you spend in the sun. It's the amount of time that you're sweating, having fun mm. with friends, right? Getting your heart rate up. Like, um, there's a guy from On It. He calls it the, the free doctors or the natural doctors. It's the sunlight, like the happiness, the laughing, the exercise, like all these things that if everybody did, the prescri uh, prescription pill epidemic would be... <laughs> Go down. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. be the same issue that it is. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you said the word root. The word root. How do you stay connected to your root? It certainly can be, like you talked about, when you have family and friends pulling you in opposite directions. It can be mm -hmm. easy to deviate. Um, mm -hmm. It, my family still to this day, like, they don't eat as healthy as I want them to eat, but they've made mm -hmm. remarkable improvements. I, I think that you just have to, like, you just have to know what you want to achieve. Like, have a plan mm -hmm. in everything you do in life. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's in the gym or in nutrition, like, as long as you have a goal or something that you're pushing towards, like, you can, you know why. You have a reason and intent behind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, like, to come back to my roots, like, I always just say, why am I doing this? Like, why do I enjoy eating healthy? What makes me feel the best for everything that's to come tomorrow? 
It's like mm -hmm. everybody's so about immediacy now and that gratification of the sugary thing. And it just makes you feel terrible later on the next day. It makes you crave more things. And it's like, it's so hard to break from that cycle. Mm -hmm. But if you do, like, it's, it's incredible. You feel really good. Yeah. And like circling, like you said, what would you recommend people not eating? There's mm -hmm. really like nothing in particular other than sugar. Yeah. Stay, Stay away, away from, from sugar. sugar. Processed carbohydrates <laughs> and things like that. What about like kombucha? That? Like everybody's on the kombucha train, but then I look at the back and it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the trade off. This is the eh? weirdest thing that's, about kombucha. Like yeah. I'll, I'll get like a synergy kombucha. Actually, one of my health conscious friends texted me this picture. She's like, okay, I'm trying kombucha. Everybody's raving about kombucha, but I turn around. And it's like it's a mango kombucha from Synergy, and the percentage of vitamin C is zero. Yeah, that. Like, what's so that all about? I it's know like they ferment it. Thirty grams with, of sugar with no with no vitamins. Yeah, that's that's a little suspect when you see yeah. that on there. What and the I know they yeah, they do the process with the actual mango, so you would think so it's not like it a mango extract. It doesn't say natural flavors on it. Yeah, no, it, I know that the fruit-based ones, the grapes, raw. the mangoes, they do have like 16, 17 grams of sugar per whole bottle, mm -hmm. and they trick you by writing no like vitamins. 8 grams for half bottle like they do. So it's do. like almost like Coca-Cola. It's not quite yeah, as bad, yeah, it's but like half <laughs> or a third of the Coca-Cola. It's funny, like it's one of those things where you do it almost in blind faith. Like you yeah. read the information, oh, healthy. you read the studies about what probiotics do to the gut flora and how improving your gut flora can improve your mood and serotonin production and all these things. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, you buy into it. But to be 100% honest with you, you look at it and you say, is it going to help my gut? Most likely. Are there other things out there that can do the same? Probably, but mm -hmm. it's like it's just one of those trendy things now. Mm -hmm. And I, is it true that the the bacteria in it eat the sugar, so there's not actually that much sugar, or like I've heard that too, but I cannot sugary. confirm. Because to me, it I tastes cannot sugary. confirm nor deny it does. But go for the ginger one. Oh, is the ginger the, one better? I think the ginger one and the ones that are sugar. The ones that aren't fruit based, they're good. Cool. Ginger obviously helps calm the stomach. I helps do like ginger. Wash it out a little bit faster. So I, I think the ginger one's the way to go. Nice. Yeah. So let me ask, just yeah. circling. Do you yeah. when you were were you completely vegan or were you vegetarian? Previously? I was vegetarian. You're a vegetarian. Yeah. So I was still eating like good eggs from okay. like Rabbit River. So you weren't supplementing with B12 or anything along those lines. Not you didn't need time. to at that no. junction. Now I am. Like I've been really into like the work of Nadine Artemis. Have you heard of her? No. She's friends with Daniel Vitalis, and she talks a lot about oral health. And, um, yeah, I just, actually, this has been a huge game changer. I do this eight step oral health procedure every night now, and it involves like swishing with, um, salt, sea salt water, scraping the tongue with a metal tongue scraper, putting a tiny bit of essential oil on my, on my floss and mm -hmm. flossing mindfully, uh, getting like a little gum sulcus brush to get right at the gum line. And it's amazing. I can go from being sort of feeling kind of, you know, slightly like an addict again and I do this eight-step process, and I come into my body, and I like look at myself in the mirror, and it's like my whole consciousness can shift from a place of like feeling kind of pinched off to feeling right back to my true nature just by doing this eight-step process. It's crazy. I really believe in oral health. And what does she say? Like, what are the results from this? What does she say this does? She says it's just good for like healthy gums, like for example, the sulcus brush. When it's kind of like yoga for your gums. It's getting the plaque away from the gum line, but it's also kind of stimulating the gums, kind of like a yoga pose to stimulate your muscles and your bones. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the essential oils on the floss can just help to remove some of the bacteria. Um, brushing for two minutes with an electric toothbrush, of course, can be better, a better clean than just like hastily doing it for 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Right? 
And then, um, oh, and she even recommends dry brushing your gums with like a dry brush. Just to stimulate like blood yeah, flow? Yeah, stimulate the blood flow. And I, th- I never thought I would do it, but I started doing it and I just, it feels so good. Like I used to hate brushing my teeth and I still have this hump, but once I just force myself to do the first thing, the swishing with the salt water, I like get so into it. <laughs> and like I, another reason is I went to the dentist and I have some recession, some gum recession, and the dentist is like, oh, like you need to get like $5,000 surgery and they have to take a gum graft from another part of your gums and place it on and like this is so bad. And I was like, well, do you think the gum will grow back? And the, both the hygienist and the dentist were like, no, it's not going to grow back. You have to get this procedure. And I just like took a deep breath. And I was like, whoa, gosh, OK. And I went and like grounded outside. And then I did some research. And uh, so I started this. And my gums are growing back. Amazing. It went from being like down to like it's growing up between the teeth again. That's amazing. Is there anything else you've changed in your routine mm-hmm. other than this eight steps? Just the eight steps. Yeah. That's incredible. I know that like gum health and your overall mouth health is tied to so many other things in the body. Yeah. You're finding that people that don't take, take care of their mouths have issues manifest in other places in their right. body. Right. No, it's interesting. Every, like, I feel like we learn so much in all the new studies that come out and like what we are understanding about the mouth and the bacteria and the mouth and the gut and the integral role they play into our overall health. And then you look at what we talked about about nutrition. You eat poor foods, it destroys the bacteria in your gut. It right. destroys all these things that are in there to help you. And it's just, people don't even understand or make that connection. Mm. So they're out there so busy, and it's, it's fair enough. Life gets hectic. Right. Everybody doesn't have the time to deal with these things, I guess. And also, I think we've been taught that like our bodies are machines, and our teeth are just rocks in our head. Yeah. And then like I've been doing more research, and like I realize like the teeth are living and they have so much, so many nerve endings in there, and they're always changing. And and so <clears throat> maybe that's another shift, is like thinking that my body's a machine to more like my body is this beautiful living organism, and like I'm the I'm the director of all these cells, and it's my job to take care of them, not not some dentist's job. It's my job to daily take care of myself, including my oral cavity. It's not the dentist's job to do every six months or year. I have to take responsibility. I think that's a really, really good way to look at it. And yeah, I think you can apply that to just about anything, like you Mm -hmm. said, across the body. If you take responsibility for it yourself, uh, you'll be so much better off than going to the dentist every six months with so many cavities. Fix me here. The doctor, when you start to have aches and pains and these things, right? Mm -hmm. But I think, again, like people need People need guidance in that regard. Like, there's not enough done in high school, in school, to educate people. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have to seek out on your own. Yes. And life can get so hectic and so crazy that people not feel beaten down, but they don't have the time to surface and breathe and, and research what it means to be healthy. Like, research the gut floor and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, it, Where do you research? What are good places? Oh, there's, a, there's many different ones. But I've turned to podcasts now. Nice. Like, there's a few different health... Aubrey things. Marcus? Yeah, I love Aubrey Marcus. He's, mm-hmm. I, um, there's one Ben Greenfield Health and Fitness Podcast is one I listen to all the time. He's essentially an aggregate of all the most recent studies that have come out. So yes. it's a great resource to go to to find the latest information in the health and science world. So I, I turn to more podcasts now, and I find myself reading at night more... I was just reading Jordan Peterson's latest book, which is really interesting to see what's going on in that mm-hmm. sphere of the world. So I, 
I like to read at night things that take me away from health and nutrition mm -hmm. and, the, and the daily thing I do every day right. and read stuff that's a little bit, a little bit different. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk about on the podcast? No, I, this is a really, really, this is a really fun experience. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your wisdom. Yeah. I wouldn't call it expertise, but maybe one day we'll go to expertise. Oh, you got expertise. <laughs> oh my gosh. People need to hear you. Yeah. When I first met you, I was like, that guy is mindful. And that's, that's my goal to be, to be mindful. And, and you embody that. So thank I you for your mindfulness. That. And if there's any way I can help you in your pursuits uh, yeah. of the body goals or anything that you need, I'm more than happy to help. Thank you You're so much. You're a good much. man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Namaste. Namaste. Satnam. Satnam is like another way to say namaste. Beautiful. That was fun, man. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. That was a good time. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Connor. Be sure to book a fitness training or nutritional appointment with him at synthesistraining.ca. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you next week for a special bootleg broadcast with Guru Singh of Kundalini Yoga. It's quite awesome. I hope you enjoy. Have a beautiful week. I've made so many mistakes Somebody please help me turn it Maybe I can hear